0: Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up. Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm doing part nine of Spooner's No Treason. And I'm going to skip through some of the stuff because it's somewhat repetitive, but he makes some very important points in this, and I hope people enjoy it. And there's only one part left, so... Let's go ahead and get this one going. For people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer. Because I tell people the truth, and I expose them to things like this that shows that the fundamental concepts that you're exposed to in the law and the so-called Constitution, they're all lies. See, they're all complete lies, and there is no basis for this government. That's any authority at all. It's all made up, fake. It's a criminal enterprise. I'm also a self-certified master practitioner, Gave myself that award almost 20 years ago for figuring out the scam, and I recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for all the great work I've done here with my podcast to open people's minds. (laughs) All right, this show runs long, as usual, with these uh, Spooner episodes, so let's go ahead and get it going. Okay, so I'm going to continue Spooner. I think I've probably got two more shows left to do here on No Treason, depending on how long they are. But we're pretty far into it. I like for each one of these episodes to stand on their own. But obviously listening to all of it is helpful. And this section that I'm going to read today and comment on has some sort of repetition. I haven't quite decided how I'll handle it. But you have to remember that the purpose of the essay was to make sure that the people who were in the Confederate Army who were being charged with treason and there was all this discussion of treason... His purpose for writing the essay was to make sure that they couldn't be charged with treason, that they could defend themselves and to use these arguments. So some of them are laid out in a way that is, you know, certainly different than you would if you were just making the argument. So anyway, let's go ahead and start it. This is part nine, I believe, of No Treason. So it looks like there'll be 10 parts is ultimately what they'll be. Section 11, I believe this is. On general principles of law and reason, the oaths which these pretended agents of the people take to support the Constitution are of no validity or obligation. And why? For this, if for no other reason, that they are given to nobody. There is no privity, as the lawyers say. That is, no mutual recognition, consent, and agreement between those who take these oaths and any other person. <laughs> it's, just, it's such a great point. See, it just completely blows all these so-called legal arguments out of the window. If I go upon Boston Common, and in the presence of a 100,000 people, men, women, and children, with whom I have no contract on the subject, take an oath that I will enforce upon them the laws of Moses, of Lysergius, of Solon, of Justinian, or of Alfred, that oath is, on general principles of law and reason, of no obligation. It is of no obligation, not merely because it is intrinsically a criminal one, but also because it is given to nobody and consequently pledges my faith to nobody. It is merely given to the winds. See, this is such a great point. This is why all these oaths that everybody thinks they've taken and matter so much, they swore like uphold the Constitution all this shit, none of it ever makes any difference because the only people who are there to hold them to account are the same kind of criminals in the government who are taking these fake oaths and not obeying them. (laughs) There's no personal responsibility for anything. If they don't hold them to account, what do you do? We see it all the time now, right? Hear from constitutional conservatives and media endlessly about how they're violating the Constitution. Well, what's the effect? What's the effect? The effect is nothing, just more arguing. <laughs> they don't actually ever have to do anything. And he's showing you why. These oaths are made up bullshit. They just are all part of the show. Let's continue. It would not alter the case at all to say that among these 100,000 persons in whose presence the oath was taken, there were two, three, or 5,000 male adults who had secretly, by secret ballot, and in a way to avoid making themselves individually known to me or to the remainder of the 100,000 designated me as their agent to rule, control, plunder, and, if need be, murder these 100,000 people. (laughs) That's great. The fact that they had designated me secretly and in a manner to prevent my knowing them individually prevents all privity between them and me and consequently makes it impossible that there can be any contract, pledge, or faith on my part, towards them, for it is impossible that I can pledge my faith in any real legal sense to a man whom I neither know nor have any means of knowing individually. Right. See, and this is picking up on the fact that all these votes that people engage in, supposedly engage in, that supposedly are are the consent of the people and all this shit, they're meaningless because nobody's held responsible and nobody even knows who voted. Forget the fact that the votes are probably all faked up anyway. It doesn't create any kind of legal obligation in any form or fashion. See, it's just made up. And the problem I have with these constitutional conservatives is that they confuse, constantly confuse the people with this idea that this thing is somehow some august legal thing. And then they mix in things like social contract and obligations and law of the land and all this other shit. When in fact, if you actually examine it, there's no legal basis for any of this stuff that they claim is the law of the land. It's just made up shit and that the government has no actual authority at all. Just made up. It's all just force and fraud. Let's continue. So far as I'm concerned, then, these two, three, or 5,000 persons are a secret band of robbers and murderers who have secretly, and in a way to save themselves from all responsibility for my acts, designated me as their agent, and have, through some other agent or pretended agent, made their wishes known to me. But, being nevertheless individually unknown to me and having no open, authentic contract with me, my oath is on general principles of law and reason of no validity. as a pledge of faith to them. And being no pledge of faith to them, it is no pledge of faith to anybody. It is merely idle wind. At most, it is only a pledge of faith to an unknown band of robbers and murderers whose instrument for plundering and murdering other people I thus publicly confess myself to be and it has no other obligation other than a similar oath given to any other unknown body of pirates, robbers, and murderers. God's greatness. For these reasons, the oath taken by members of Congress to support the Constitution are on general principles of law and reason of no validity. They are not only criminals in themselves, and therefore void, but they are also void for the further reason that they are given to nobody. It cannot be said that in any legitimate or legal sense they are given to the people of the United States because neither the whole nor any large portion of the whole people of the United States ever either openly or secretly appointed or designated these men as their agents to carry the Constitution into effect. (laughs) Right? It's not legitimate. The only reason people even vote is to try to avoid having someone else do something worse to them. If you're not liable then they're not your agent. The principal in any kind of agent-principal relationship is liable for the acts of the agent. That's why the agent has an agency. He is not liable for his acts vis-a-vis what he does. The principal is. That's the entire purpose. (laughs) But when there is no principal that's known, which is the situation in our case, are the voters willing to take responsibility for the debts that they're... uh, congressmen impose on people now are they willing to take responsibility for the murders that the country commits in the name of so-called national security now they're not willing to take any of those things but the agents aren't liable either because it's government <laughs> and so there's no liability in the entire chain and that's what this is showing that these idea of an of an oath is just made up shit it's just window dressing The great body of the people, that is, men, women, and children, were never asked or even permitted to signify in any formal manner, either openly or secretly, their choice or wish on the subject. The most that these members of Congress can say in favor of their appointment is simply this. Each one can say for himself, I have evidence satisfactory to myself that there exists scattered throughout the country a band of men having a tacit understanding with each other and calling themselves the people of the United States whose general purposes are to control and plunder each other and all other persons in the country. And so far as they can, even in neighboring countries and to kill every man who shall attempt to defend his person or property against their schemes of plunder and dominion. <laughs> that really is all that can be said. It's just it's so funny. That's really what the government is just a way to use proxy violence to get things that you could never get as an individual. But because people are so fundamentally confused about what government is, through the endless brainwashing in government schools and then every form of media and propaganda, for their entire lives, they don't understand. It's just nothing except for a way for these people to run violence and to steal from you. If you steal money from somebody, then you're a criminal. What's stealing? It's taking something without someone's consent. What does the government do endlessly? takes whatever it wants without consent, passes whatever laws it carries to, and then claims it has your consent. (laughs) Well, it doesn't have my consent. It doesn't really actually have the consent of hardly anyone because most people don't vote. Of the few who do vote, most of the time it's split. So at best you're looking at maybe 25% of the population could even theoretically be claimed to have so-called consented. (laughs) It's just all made up. Who these men are individually, individually, I have no certain means of knowing, for they sign no papers and give no open authentic evidence of their individual membership. They are not known individually even to each other. They are apparently as much afraid of being individually known to each other as of being known to other persons. Hence, they ordinarily have no mode either of exercising or of making known their individual membership. Otherwise, than by giving their votes secretly for certain agents to do their will. (laughs) <laughs> uh, how many people are willing to step forward and take responsibility for what the government does? None. All they want is the good stuff. Are they willing to take responsibility for the people whose doors they knock down and kill? Are they willing to take responsibility for all the money that they steal from people they don't want? That don't consent? Who don't agree? No. Are they willing to take responsibility for all the people they imprison with these made-up rules and laws? No. It's all a con, people. But, although these men are individually unknown, both to each other and to other persons, it is generally understood in the country that none but male persons of the age of 21 years and upwards can be members. It is also generally understood that all male persons born in the country having certain complexions and in some localities certain amounts of property, in certain cases even persons of foreign birth, are permitted to be members. But it appears that usually not more than one-half, two-thirds, or even in some cases three-fourths of all who are thus permitted to become members of the band ever exercise or consequently prove their actual membership in the only mode in which they ordinarily can exercise or prove it, which is by giving their vote secretly for the offices or agents of the band. See, now, this is the great con of the so-called universal suffrage, even though the government takes people's rights away all the time to so-called vote. You've lost your right to vote. How? If the only way there is to control the government is to be able to vote, how could the government ever be in charge of taking away your vote? And why would it matter if you're a so-called citizen or not? If you live in the country and have to obey its rules and they can take your property and subject to it, then I don't understand why wouldn't everybody be able to vote? And how is voting help you anyway? If you hold a minority position, I've told people again and again, if you hold a minority position, you have absolutely no representation. None. It's not some, you have none. So why would I ever agree to be bound by a vote when I know I hold minority positions? It doesn't make sense. I've never agreed that I will agree to a a vote and that the majority carries a day. I've never agreed to that. It doesn't make any sense. Voting is not a magic thing. If it was, then they could just come and take all your personal property on your neighborhood. Your neighborhood's decided to have a government. Uh, I don't really okay with that. Well, they've decided. And the people on your street, they all voted to come take all your shit. So that's it. You don't like it, you need to move. Well, oh, well, you can move, but you can't take your stuff with you. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? No, but you expand it out into a country and people imagine it's true. The only reason they don't see it is because the government doesn't take everything from you. That's all. That's the only reason and just endless propaganda. <laughs> let's continue. The number of these secret votes, so far as we have any account of them, varies greatly from year to year, thus tending to prove that the band, instead of being permanent organization, is merely a pro-temper affair with those who choose to act with it for the time being. The gross number of these secret votes, or what purports to be their gross number in different localities is occasionally published. Whether these reports are accurate or not, we have no means of knowing. It is generally supposed that great frauds are often committed in depositing them, They are understood to be received and counted by certain men who are themselves appointed for that purpose, the same secret process by which all these other officers and agents of the band are selected. (laughs) Right. Everyone sees the problem with voting. Even if voting was legitimate, which it's not, even if it was just endless amounts of fraud and corruption. We all saw what happened in 2020. What's what's the result? Nothing the the government's coming out and talking about how it was completely legit and they found two or three votes here or there and you're not even allowed to question it. It just... Every part of the system is, is a lie, is a con, is a scam to take your money. That's all it is. Control you in some form or fashion. For a small group, that's why very wealthy people love government. They operate behind the scenes because it's a way to steal from people with no consequences. According to the reports of these receivers of votes, for whose accuracy or honesty, however, I cannot vouch, and according to my best knowledge of the whole number of male persons in my district who, it is supposed, were permitted to vote, it would appear that one-half, two-thirds, or three-fourths actually did vote. Who the men were individually who cast these votes, I have no knowledge. For the whole thing was done secretly. But of the secret votes thus given for what they call a member of Congress, the receivers reported that I had a majority, or at least a larger number than any other one person, and it is only by virtue of such a designation that I am now here to act in concert with other persons similarly selected in other parts of the country. (laughs) And this doesn't even get into the fact that back then at least you had some kind of representation. Now, a member of Congress represents 750,000 people. It's utterly ridiculous and absurd to claim that that's any kind of legitimate representation especially considering the fact that you only get, at most, one vote out of 750,000 people in order to try to win a 1 435th interest in Congress. Well, that's a 0.25% interest, a quarter of 1%, of which you have a 1 in 750,000th representation of a quarter of 1%. That's all you actually have in Congress, at best. How can anybody believe that that's a system that I would agree to turn over anything they want? All my money, control, whatever they want, throw me in jails, prisons, lock me up, kill me. Why would anybody say that that somehow makes sense and that's representation? Nobody would accept that in any other area of their life, but they believe that this is some kind of a sacred right to vote and have that kind of absurd representation. It's laughable. You couldn't even intervene in court with an interest that small. It's just a minimus. It's just an absurdity. And yet people actually run around and claim that the right to vote is somehow the greatest thing ever. Putting aside all the facts that they don't have to do anything that they claim they will and you vote for them, it makes no difference. They can't. All that aside, just looking at the vote itself, it's just a complete fraud. That's assuming the thing was even counted accurately, which we all know they're not. I just don't understand how people can continue to believe in this system and not see that the only answer is to massively decentralize this thing. Let's continue. It is understood, among those who sent me here, that all the persons so selected will, on coming together, the city of Washington, take an oath in each other's presence to support the Constitution of the United States. By this is meant a certain paper that was drawn up 80 years ago. It was never signed by anybody and apparently has no obligation, never had any obligation as a contract. In fact, few persons ever read it. And doubtless, much the largest number of those who voted for me and the others never even saw it or now pretend to know what it means. Nevertheless, it is often spoken of in the country as the Constitution of the United States. And for some reason or another, the men who sent me here seem to expect that I and all with whom I act will swear to carry this Constitution into effect. I am therefore ready to take this oath and to cooperate with all others similarly selected who are ready to take the same oath. This is the most that any member of Congress can say in proof that he has any constituency, that he represents anybody, that his oath to support the Constitution is given to anybody or pledges his faith to anybody. He has no open written or other authentic evidence such as required in all other cases that he was ever appointed the agent or representative of anybody. He has no written power of attorney from any single individual. He has no such legal knowledge as is required in all other cases by which he can identify a single one of those who pretend to have appointed him to represent them. That's so important to understand this. They tell us they're our representatives. In no possible legal sense is anybody in Washington my representative. Not only do I specifically not agree to them, I don't agree to anybody having the power they claim to have. I don't agree to these people exercising the power. I have absolutely no control over them. They have absolutely low liability to me. There's nothing about this relationship that is a legal representative. And yet that's what they claim all the time. That's what they claim is the basis for why they can go in there, write stupid shit down on pieces of paper, then send men with guns to enforce it. And I'm supposed to uh, go along. And I'm supposed to defend this system. as the greatest freedom machine ever created. There is no legal representation. It's a complete and total sham, The idea that the Constitution is the law of the land is a made-up thing. It's a made-up thing. People just cannot come to grips with that reality. It's too harsh for them. Well, what should we do? Well, first you have to accept reality. The people running things are lying to you. They know they have absolutely zero actual legal representation of you. None. They have no obligation to do anything that they don't care to do because all the only people who can ever claim to have the right to enforce it, are the people who are taking the fake oaths with the fake representation and then hiring fake guys with guns to enforce it all. It's just one giant scam, people. (laughs) It's not an amazing freedom machine. Wow. Let's continue. Of course his oath professedly given to them to support the Constitution is, on general principles of law and reason, an oath given to nobody. It pledges his faith to nobody. If he fails to fulfill his oath, not a single person can come forward and say to him, you have betrayed me or broken faith with me. Right? All they say, they tell you, to. oh, well, we'll just vote you out next time. Well, how does it help to vote somebody else in who also has no obligation to do anything except possibly get voted out? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't explain the fact that they're not a representative. See, they always mix these things up. Oh, well, you can get rid of them. No, you can't. I can't get rid of them. I can't. I didn't even vote for them. How can I get rid of them? If, if I'm in a minority, he's going to keep getting elected. <laughs> That's what happens. And with all the shenanigans they can pull and the scammery, <laughs> they just keep getting elected. That's why was, they're always it's just constant recidivism in the Congress. Constant. They're always being upheld. It's so hard to unseat them. And yet they, they claim all this shit about representing me. Well, if they're really my representative, I can just terminate their representation. Can you terminate their representation? No. Oh, I have to get agreement from all these other people. Well, I, what if I can't get agreement? What if they're using his representation to take my shit? Now what? <laughs> There's nothing you can do about it. That's the situation. I'm trying to explain to you people, this is not a legal representative. Nothing about this is legal. It's a scam. Let's continue. No one can come forward and say to him, "I appointed you my attorney to act for me. I required you to swear that, as my attorney, you would support the Constitution. You promised me that you would do so, and now you have forfeited that oath you gave to me." No single individual can say that, it's right? No open avowed, a responsible association or body of men can come forward and say to him, "We appointed you." our attorney to act for us. We required you to swear that as our attorney, you would support the constitution. You promised us that you would do so. And now you have forfeited the oath you gave to us, right? There's nothing there. It's a vague amalgam. It's not a legal situation. The fact that they call it that doesn't change the fact that there's nobody He's not obligated to anybody. In fact, they make it very clear. They can swear all sorts of things that they're going to do, go up there and not do any of it, and can anybody come up there and hold them responsible for not keeping their campaign promises? No, all you can do is threaten them. Well, they won't get reelected. That's not the same thing. No open, avowed, or responsible association or body of men can say this to him because there is no such association or body of men in existence. If anyone should assert that there is such an association, let him prove, if he can, who composes it. Let him produce, if he can, any open, written, or other authentic contract signed or agreed to by these men, form themselves into an association, making themselves known as such to the world, appointing him as their agent, and making themselves individually and there is an association responsible for his acts done by their authority. Until all this can be shown... No one can say that in any legitimate sense there isn't any such association or that he is their agent or that he ever gave his oath to them or ever pledged his faith to them. Right. See, the fundamental problem with this agency theory, this idea that they're representative, is, is that when you send an agent out as the principal, if he acts within the scope you've given him, you are responsible for the acts of the agent. Nobody in this country is responsible for the acts of anybody in government. The people in government aren't responsible. They give themselves immunity. That's why it is a fundamental fraud. It is not in any way a legal relationship. and Nothing to do with agency theory and representatives. It's all made up. If a representative or an agent acts outside his authority, then he's personally responsible. And you can sue him. None of that exists in government. <laughs> None of it. On general principles of law and reason, it would be sufficient answer for him to say to all individuals and all pretended associations of individuals who should accuse him of breach of faith, I never knew you. Where is your evidence that you, either individually or collectively, ever appointed me your attorney? That you ever required me to swear to you that as your attorney I would support the Constitution? Or that I have now broken any faith I've ever pledged to you? You may or you may not be members of that secret band of robbers and murderers who act in secret, appoint their agents by a secret ballot, who keep themselves individually unknown even to the agents they thus appoint, and who, therefore, cannot claim that they have any agents, or that any of their pretended agents, ever gave his oath or pledged his faith to them. I repudiate you altogether. My oath was given to others, with whom you have nothing to do, or it was idle wind given only to the winds. Be gone. <laughs> Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what it takes to get through to people for them to see that this is the kind of thing that is a legal argument that is essential to understand because if the government and its agents don't actually have any kind of real legal authority in any sense of the word, then what authority are they using since they claim to have it? (laughs) It's a fraud, see? It's just a fraud. It's built on a fraud. That's a criminal fraud. To take stuff from people, to claim you have representation of somebody, to claim you have authority, and then to engage in acts that without any such authority and without the cloak of government would all be criminal acts, just exposes government for what it is. A criminal band of robbers. That's all. They are pretending. And the fact that there are certain groups of people out there who love government because they get to use government to take other people's shit and to force other people to do things those people don't agree to doesn't change the nature of government. That exposes the nature. That's what criminals do. They take what they want. That's what they do. That's what bullies do. They force people to do things. If you don't like it, they overwhelm you. And that's what government does. It's just that it's all cloaked in these ideas of freedom and liberty and representation. And that's why understanding these arguments and these issues is so, so critical. See, it's so, so critical because once the foundation is gone, well, then government has nothing. And once people see that government is, in fact, nothing but a criminal organization pretending to have all these things and it has... All of these different people who are in media and academia and government repeating these phrases over and over, and they have incredible hundreds of millions of people who are fully brainwashed in this country, in fact, billions all over the world, that the government is somehow this amazing thing and that the vote is this amazing thing and that that you have a representative and all these other things. And those ideas are just constantly, intentionally confused. So they're just constantly, intentionally confused and never discussed. Have you ever in your entire life heard somebody discussing the actual legal representation and the level of agency theory between you and your congressman? And of course not, because there isn't one. And so to have the discussion would expose what the government fraud is. And that's why constitutional conservatives are so problematic to me, because what they do over and over is leave these impressions that there is this legal representation, that they are legitimate, that the Constitution does have authority, that all these things are real, when in fact they aren't. When in fact they aren't. And any most, the most brief superficial analysis of the stuff shows that none of the stuff they say about the Constitution or representation is true. And it's not a sufficient answer to say, well, what should you do? What kind of government should we have? Well, we need a kind of government that people can actually agree to. Because everything that people don't agree to is simply force and fraud. And that's what the government's based on right now. And that's why it works like it does, which is it divides everybody up against themselves and the other little groups. And then it takes those little minorities and abuses them in a million ways. And that's what they do. The, the tax code itself shows over and over and over again that the system is nothing but a criminal operation. They take whatever they want from the people who supposedly have more or are in positions they don't want to let them have, and they just they take it away because they're a minority. And then they select the groups of people they like And they simply hand them that money or the privilege of acting as uh, a so-called government agent. (laughs) That's all it is. They give them monopolies. They give them special licenses and privileges and exemptions and tax breaks. That's what they do. See, that's all government really is. I wish people understood that. All right, in the next section, I'm not going to bother reading it because he basically just goes through the same exact analysis that shows that tax gatherers themselves also have absolutely no basis for having any authority. And what he's basically going through is just showing people that the same argument, that taking an oath to supposedly do something, i.e. to be an IRS agent or a U.S. marshal or an FBI agent, it's a meaningless thing See, because you not actually have any liability to anybody. And so all the acts you go out and commit against people, busting down their doors and shooting them and everything else, it's all criminal because you don't have any real authority. Once the authority actually disappears to go out and supposedly do it in the name of the upholding the United States Constitution because you've been deputized in some form or fashion, that doesn't make any difference if there's no actual authority to deputize you or to make you into a tax gatherer. It doesn't get you off the hook. See, you're a criminal, just like any other criminal who works for a criminal gang and says, well, my boss... He's in charge of this neighborhood. He told me to come take all your shit. And <laughs> he <It> doesn't work. <laughs> and it's just, that's the exact argument he repeats again in Section 12. And he does the same thing in Section 13, with which that foreigners who come here and take a naturalized citizen oath, they take it to nobody. They take it to this band of criminals calling themselves a government that actually has no authority when you examine it. See, that's why authority is so important. That's why consent is the key. If you don't consent, then how does somebody make you do something? They either have to trick you, or they have to force you, or they have to threaten you. (laughs) That's it. And that's what government is. I don't agree to government. So what happens if I don't agree to do something government wants me to do? They eventually just send men with guns to force me to do it. And if I don't like that, what's my option? My option is to go to one of their own crooked kangaroo courts and to plead my case against the very people who I object to. That's all it is. And the fact that people say, well, how else can it work? Well, it can work with consent. It can work with consent. And even the abuses that government's going to heap out, if you massively decentralize, they would be far less. That's why very small local governments... They generally work fine. They're, most of the time, they're very inefficient, eh, but the people can watch them. They can't steal that much stuff from them, and they never get too powerful. But once you allow it to be centralized more and more and more, of course, an entire country with hundreds of millions of people is an impossible situation. Even a city with millions of people is utterly ludicrous. For the most part, hundreds of thousands is too many. and They'd have to be very, very similar people. And that's another reason they, they bring in all these foreigners all the time. Constantly place them, take census, and then find out where there's a lot of homogeneity. And they insert the people from all these other foreign cultures, and then they require through your tax dollars that you have to train them in certain ways and teach them and hire them and put them in schools and and then they tell you that's what America's all about. It's it's all just upside down. See, it's all upside down. <laughs> uh now, in Section 14, he, does, he uses the same thing about how on principles of law and reason, all the oaths since the war have been given by Southern men where they obey the laws of Congress. He, he gives them another out, showing them that, look, these oaths to Congress uh, that they want people to have to take and everything, they don't have any validity. See, You can't take an oath to nobody, and that's what they do. And so they were trying to use these oaths in the Confederacy and these other places as means to trick people into basically convicting them of treason and to take certain rights away from them. And Spooner, who loves individual rights, even though he hated slavery, uh, he's very consistent. And so he's giving them these arguments for why it is that these oaths they took, they're pointless and worthless. And hopefully you understand that. Number 15, I'm going to read that part of this fact of this oath, because I think it's so helpful Uh, to understand what really went on in that war. On general principles of law and reason, the oaths of soldiers that they will serve a given number of years, that they will obey the orders of their superior officers, that they will bear true allegiance to the government and so forth, are of no obligation, independently of the criminality of an oath that for a given number of years, he will kill all whom he may be commanded to kill without exercising his own judgment or conscience as to the justice or necessity of such killing, There is this further reason why a soldier's oath is of no obligation, that, like all other oaths that have now been mentioned, it is given to nobody. There being in no legitimate sense any such corporation or nation as the United States, nor consequently in any legitimate sense any such government as the government of the United States, a soldier's oath given to or a contract made with such nation or government is necessarily an oath given to or a contract made with nobody. Consequently, such contract can be of no obligation. Where's the obligation for all the shit that went on in Afghanistan? Where is it? None. See? When things go wrong, what do they do? People are murdered. Drones are dropped on people. Oh, it's a failure of intelligence. You never find out who the intelligence officers are, you never find out if it was intentional. You never find out anything. People get tried? No. The people who get tried are the people who refuse to kill whoever they're told to kill. This is not a reasonable thing, and, and to cloak it in the ideas of national security and protecting the nation and all these those are just Barnum Statement's loads of shit, people. See, they're just Barnum statement, loads of shit, because the government itself doesn't have any actual authority. The government itself is just a made-up thing, with a piece of paper that has absolutely no obligation by anyone. So everything that flows from this concept of a so-called obligation in government is made up. And until that question can be answered is, where is the authority for this piece of paper from 230 years ago? Where is it? What does it stand on? What is its basis today? What's the implication if there's so-called authority? What's the consequence for violation of it? <laughs> there isn't any. That's why it doesn't it's not true. See, none of it's true. That's why it's so critical to understand this issue. That's why I've done this essay. Because it's so important. And he shows the same thing in section 16 where he talks about treaties and ambassadors and all this other shit. They're all made up. See? These treaties and these obligations we have to do. To who? To what? It's all fundamentally based on these fake oaths and fake documents and fake authority. Once you knock out that foundational concept, it all falls. See, it all falls. And that's just too scary for the vast, vast majority of people. See, just vast majority of people. It's just totally and completely impossible for them to get their minds around that. They cannot accept a world like that. It's way too scary. And that's why these ideas are not very popular, why... People prefer the comfortable kind of fairy tales about our government and the Constitution, and a freedom machine, and all these things that the constitutional conservatives push and that the liberals push, as opposed to dealing in reality. And the reality is very ugly, and that is that there's never been any authority to do any of this, and that all of it's just operated by a criminal gang. And the fact that you like it and it's got big buildings and a fancy fucking uh, pledge and flags and all these seals and special rules and all this made-up shit, it doesn't change the fundamental fact that there's zero authority whatsoever. That there's no actual consent. That the whole thing is a completely made-up deal. (laughs) Uh, That's why I love Spooner. Because he just, his stuff he brings up, it's not answerable. And that's why it has to simply be avoided. And I'm going to stop there because I'm going to finish up. He kind of hammers on the international bankers and some other things starting in Section 17. And that's what I'm going to pick it up next time. And I'm going to finish the essay next time. But I wanted to skip through that stuff because it's really not important to read the thing, same thing, over and over, the exact same argument. Anybody picks up the essay, will see. It's just the same argument made again and again with regards to these different things. But the argument's the same because ultimately it goes to the same thing. And that is that once you understand that there's no actual authority, once you understand that there's nobody, that this so-called voting doesn't create anything, doesn't create an agency, that there is no such thing as a government, the government is a made-up word. It's just something that comes from a piece of paper where there's nothing but actual men out there doing acts with no responsibility whatsoever. And the only possible responsibility that's ever held is by simply taking the money from other people who don't agree to it and giving it to somebody else in as payment when someone has been so called wrong. Every single piece about that is absurd. I never agree that I'm going to be responsible for these insane acts, but that's the way government functions. And that's why government is so popular with rich people. And it's also why all the moves are always to centralize power, always. Bigger and bigger, centralized more and more and more so that a small group of people can control this gigantic criminal activity. As you decentralize and get to a local level, it's very, very difficult to government to operate in a way that it operates at the larger levels. That's all. It doesn't matter if it's local and then city and then state and then federal. The feds are always in charge. You can't resist them. They have too much authority. They have too much money. And the key is breaking through the brainwashing of the very nature of government and the idea of this authority. As soon as you can get through that, then we have a chance. But since the vast majority of people simply cannot face that, they just can't face it. It's just, oh, what about Russia? Oh, China and all this crazy shit they'll start imagining. It's just, we're a small group of people who will ever get it. That's all. Some people will understand. We can get through to them in certain ways. Certainly decentralization helps. But the very fundamental stuff about the idea of a country and the Constitution being a fundamental fraud is just a very difficult sell for people, even though there's no answer to it. They won't have an answer outside of the cognitive dissonance will kick in, and they'll just start repeating phrases that make no sense together and, and putting it on as though I'm the problem. What is, what is my solution? What is my solution? Well, I've given it to you. Massive decentralization, oh, China, China. And they'll just go into some other kind of argument. It won't make any difference. It's no different than arguing with people about masks or the stupid made-up uh, fake pandemic. They're just going to keep saying things. They don't, it doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Logic doesn't matter. You're dealing in a psychological realm where fear, just deep-seated fear is what actually controls people. So that's where we are. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that one. Like I said, I'm going to finish the essay up next time, and it's really great the way he goes after those international bankers and names the Rothschilds and talks about how debt is just a created thing for this country and on and on. And it's a good finish. It really is. So, and uh, still a little tired from the shoot. I kind of almost got sick. It got down in my lungs. It was really really tough to be cold and then have hot dry air blasting on me at night. And it was just it was very tiring. And I'm back and I'm recovering. And anyone who wants to follow me still can. I'm on Twitter, legalman at US Law Review. And I want to thank everybody in Patreon. I really do. I really appreciate those people uh, who put their money where their mouth is because honestly, it's just, it's, it's taken a lot of time, effort, and blood, sweat, and tears to get the information I have and to make the show. And I'm happy to do it for people who appreciate it. I really am because I really want people to be able to understand. But it helps to feel appreciated because if I didn't and as soon as I don't, I just will stop. That's all. And I don't see why anybody should have a problem with that. (laughs) I really don't. People really expect me just to do shit for free and just to devote my life to it. It's not going to (laughs) happen. It's unrealistic. But I do appreciate the people in Patreon who do it. And I'm glad my show seems to reach some people and to open some minds because the only chance we have is to educate people with regards to the nature of government and the fact that our government is not a freedom machine. It's a horrible criminal enterprise and I don't even want to hear about the bestest, best prison. It's either a freedom machine or it's not. When you tell people it's not a freedom machine, they tell me it's the bestest, best prison or law. Okay, so it's a prison. So you're in a prison. You like defending your prison? Great. Go defend your prison. I'm not going to defend a prison. Makes no sense. they the best prison around. <laughs> it's either a freedom machine or it's not. If it's not, if it's only the bestest best prison around, who the hell wants to defend a prison? Let's let everybody tell them we're in prison. This is a prison. They do whatever the hell they want to us. So let's see how many people continue to volunteer and agree and, and go along with this shit. They're honest about it, right? So I always want to confuse the issue. Go so through your plan. Okay, so you want to defend a prison. Okay, be honest already. <laughs> I get so sick of that crap uh, alright well that's it I think that's it for the show today it always runs long when I do Spooner and do these things but that's just the way it is so you guys have been a great audience as usual everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are take care thank you everybody let's put your hands together one more time for Legal Man great show thanks so much Get to take your service on the way out oh, Oh, squash.